Hi, it's Lauren Baker, and welcome to the Kitchen Confidant Podcast. Today, we're chatting with Brian Samuels, one of the most talented food photographers I know. Based in Boston, he has been creating beautiful imagery since 2010, created the food blog A Thought for Food, and has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Bon Appetit, Sunday Morning on CBS, and more. He is also the lead photographer and director of photography for The Food Lens, And if you look on his Instagram, he boldly states that he's picky about his bagels and pizza, and I am the same exact way. It's hard when you leave the tri-state area. I am so excited to welcome Brian to the podcast. Hi, Brian. Hi, thanks so much. I'm thrilled about this, so. I'm thrilled to just see your face and to talk to you and hear your voice. It's been too long. So I'm always curious, and I just want to start out with a very simple question. What's the first thing you ever cooked and how old were you? Oh boy. Um, I remember my mom teaching me at a very early age, like how to make salad dressing and um, how to season soup. I feel like that was sort of an introduction to food that was easy. It didn't involve um, knives or, you know, no chopping, uh, no hazards. It was um, more about seasoning. Um Certainly, I think at an early age, baking was probably a part of the experience as well. I remember uh, my mom making these meringue cookies. They're called, she called them forgotten cookies um, because you make the meringue and you throw them in the oven and you're supposed to just forget about it for Mm -hmm. a number of hours. Um, So I remember at a very early age, um, you know, working with her on those, on those cooking projects. Those are such good memories, especially when mom's involved. So could you tell everybody just a bit about yourself and your journey to what you're doing sure. now? Sure, of course. Um, well, you covered a good uh, part of it. But um, so in, in 2009, I started my blog, A Thought for Food. Um, it's a collection of uh, mostly original recipes with some adaptations um, from other sources um, I really wanted to focus on my, you know, my personal connection to food. Some of these these experiences I just mentioned, um, and sort of translate to a, a blog. It felt like, especially at that time, that was a, a natural place to tell these stories. Um, so I I started it, and at the beginning, it was pretty bare bones, like most blogs. The photography wasn't that strong. the The writing was, you know, lacking. I probably wasn't doing much in the way of recipe development um, <laughs> at that point or testing. Um, but I just kept doing it, and and um, I still, you know, post occasionally. It's something that has sort of fallen aside a little bit um, with with my other work as a photographer. Um, but it's something I love. You know, I. I feel like a blog is still an opportunity to tell a story. It's I know it sort of has moved to more of being a, a database of recipes, which that's certainly mm-hmm. what it is. But I, I want to go back to it and look back and see where I was at a certain point in my life and and read stories. Um, you know, and I don't post about food sometimes. I mean, it'll be a recipe, but you know, I will talk about um, you know. unfortunately like a death of a grandparent or a relative or I talked about when we moved into our house and the process of buying the house and the excitement around that um I've talked about our you know the my relationship my marriage to my husband and our wedding and you know I I want to continue to sort of bring the two together those personal stories and and the food um so that's that's sort of the the blog and where things are with that. It's um, 
as I said, I don't post that often, but occasionally I do. And it's sort of nice to just have that space, you know, when I, when I want it. Um, I, I love it. I mean, I feel that's how I got to know you because to me, I mean, a blog clearly is a a diary and that's Mm -hmm. the beauty of it. And I also always felt like it was sort of like a way to just sort of knock on somebody's door and see how they're doing. So whenever I would visit you on your site, I would know how he was doing that week or month, you know, and, um, yeah, it's, it's a lost art. So mm-hmm. let's reclaim yeah. the blog. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the definition of a blog has changed. That's why I tell mm-hmm. people it's changed, but it doesn't mean that it it has died. It just means that it's changed. And um, I think for those who are still who are still doing it and treating it that way, it's become more of a personal project than necessarily a business. Uh, some people, that's maybe not the case. Maybe I'm making a journalization there, but um, I. I've always, you know, I know people who have gotten so discouraged that they just say, no, I'm not doing the blog anymore because they feel like no one's reading it, um, mm-hmm. which that is a problem. Um, there are a lot of blogs out there. It's hard to keep up with everyone. Um, but I think no matter what, the people are still doing it. It's like a personal thing. It's something that they just want to, they they can't, you can't give it up. You really, you just can't yeah. give that, that piece of you up. Um, so that's, that's kind of that. But I mean, I, that sort of leads to what I'm doing now, which is photography. And it's something that I never in my wildest dreams, you know, pictured I would be doing. It's lo- it's a logical job for me because I studied film and photography in school. And you went to um, Emerson, right? I went to Emerson College in Boston, studied um, film with a focus on documentary production. And um, I've always loved documentaries telling real stories and and bringing that story to you know the public and educating people and um you know I did go back and forth between film school and culinary school is something I was sort of toying with at one point but I I realized that that uh cooking is something I can always do you know and that's Mm -hmm. the magic of cooking you can do that anywhere at any point in your life no matter how much you know, culinary um, experience or, or education you have. It's a, it can always be a part of your life. Um, so I, when I started the blog, you know, I treat it like a journal. I treat it more like a documentation of my experience with food, my connection with food. And with that, I, um, you know, I try to use the photography to help tell that story in addition to the words, in addition to the recipes. Um, and it took a lot of pra- practice for me. You know, it was a lot. I mean, like most photographers, you're an amazing photographer. <laughs> photographer oh, gosh. Your are beautiful. But I know that that hasn't always been the case. It's not at all. I posted something of- yesterday and I, I redid the photos and I was horrified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, especially people who are like just starting off either with a blog or with photography, I say, you know, it takes a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. And that's the magic of digital photography also is that you can take as many pictures as you'd like and see what works for you. Um, so I sort of use the blog as a way to teach myself photography as well, or that's what it ended up becoming. Um, I learned how to utilize natural light to bring out the beauty of food and ingredients. And, um, I think that's why I tend to stray towards, uh, natural light photography still. Um, Mm -hmm. because it's something I, that's how I learned. So I connect to that, um, experience. Um, so yeah, that's, 
well, that's the blog, I guess. Yeah. No, it's great. And I love how all of your experiences kind of just melded together. Everything happens for a reason, right? So you absolutely totally can tell that you have that, you know, video documentary type of background to your storytelling and your style as well. So I love it. I love hearing about journeys like that and how everything that we do in life leads to something. Oh, which reminds me. Could you tell us more about your journey as a pescatarian? Because I know on your blog, I know I can go to your site and find a really good seafood recipe. Anyway, so tell us about that. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, Well, I'll tell you, I guess I'll tell you the story that I I haven't really told many people. But um, when I was in high school, I spent a summer in um, Oxford, England, doing a film program actually there. And we ate the most wonderful food, but it was very meat focused. It was a lot of beef. It was a lot of like beef and cream sauce and very, just very rich, heavy food. And I got back from that and I said, you know what? I don't need to eat beef. I'm okay. I could take a little break from beef. Mm -hmm. And then I started to think about food a little bit. And I think this happens a lot with people who give up something. They, they realize like what they're, either they realized that it was something that they were missing or they realized that they don't need it in their life. And for me, I realized that it wasn't something I needed. And I sort of then moved away from chicken and poultry. And, um, I have always loved seafood. I could never give it up. And sushi for me has been such a, I think sushi alone has opened up my world in terms of what food can be. And I think it's just the idea of this, um, simple ingredient being transformed in some, to, into something magical um, that's full of, um, you know, textures and flavors and it's, nuance. It's so, <laughs> and nuance and nuance. It's not something you get in a lot of cuisine, but that, yes, I think Japanese food as a whole, but specifically sushi for me is that experience. Um, and I just couldn't give that up. I was like, Fish for me is just, I, I could eat seafood every single day. Um, salmon for me is is magic. And um, also growing, growing up in a Jewish household, we ate a lot of smoked salmon, bagels and smoked yeah. salmon. Um, so I just was like, nope, not giving that up, but let's, let's give up the other stuff. And um, I say that I'm pescatarian, but I do occasionally have a bite here and there. Because mm-hmm. I don't necessarily do it for ethical reasons. I do it mostly for health reasons, but also um, just because it's not something I feel like I need in my life. Um, and I think it's also better for the environment not to eat as much meat and even and seafood as well, um, but to, to limit the amount that we're eating. So I'd rather that occasional bite of my husband's steak um, yes. than... Uh, feeling like it's something I need every night, you know, which I think some Americans feel that's what they, they just do. So I agree. I mean, I, I never feel the craving for a steak, but (laughs) you know, if my husband's having a steak, I definitely want a bite. (laughs) (laughs) I totally identify with that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And you live in Boston, which has amazing seafood. I saw that you visited Neptune or was it Neptune the other day? I was like, Oh, I forgot your connection to this area and that you know so much about it. And um, it's, uh, yeah, Neptune is a fantastic seafood restaurant. Very, uh, you can go for oysters, but they have some very inventive uh, dishes as well. Um, But seafood focused. 
and uh, I wasn't eating. I'm, I'm not at the point where I'm eating at restaurants right now. I'm, I'm just uh, photographing there for projects. Um, yes. But uh, soon, soon I will be dining out. I'm very excited about that. Oh, I'm counting down too. But mm-hmm. I actually did want to talk to you about your COVID-19 um, portrait project mm. because I imagine that, first of all, you as everybody else had to pivot last year a little bit or restructure maybe projects. Um, but could you tell everyone about your project? Because I thought that was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, so at the start of the pandemic, there was certainly panic. I mean, everyone was panicking, but I, I very much felt for the restaurant industry. Um, and I just know how hard it is to run a restaurant and they're just struggling every day under normal circumstances, they're struggling. So I knew that it was going to be really tough for restaurants. And, and then of course that directly affects me since I do food and beverage photography for restaurants. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very connected with the local food scene here. Um, so, you know, the first April and May of last year, March, April, May were, uh, uh, slow. They were slow. It was, um, it was rough. Uh, it was hard not to feel down about the whole thing and not to feel, I was feeling, I was feeling mostly for other people, but of course I was feeling a little bit for, towards myself, just a little mm-hmm. down. Um, first, of course. it occurred to me at one point as things sort of calmed down a little bit and people were, you know, everyone was still quarantining, but what people weren't, the fear had subsided a little bit. You know, we, yeah. we had a little yes. understanding of what was going on. I, um, I just sort of was trying to figure out what to do. I was like, I want to do something and I want to document this moment. Um, Cause it's not something I usually have the opportunity to do. I'm photographing food and beverage and interiors and exteriors and sometimes some rest rest- and, and some chefs and owners, but yeah. not telling a story necessarily. And I was like, wow, this is an opportunity to actually tell a story and to like capture a moment. Um, I was really inspired by a uh, uh, masterclass with, uh, uh, I think it was Annie Leibovitz who did a masterclass and I watched mm-hmm. it. And I was like, oh, portrait photography. I thought something I have done a lot of. Like, let's let's try this. And um, it occurred to me, like, restaurants aren't weren't thinking of documenting this moment. They didn't want to photograph the ugly, you know, dining room. They don't want to photograph the chairs right. that had been, you know, tucked into the corner and the boxes of, of stuff that had piled up. And, you know, it was, you know, I went to places and they were not looking great. You know, they're dirty, they're dusty. <laughs> um, but I was like, hey, I reached out to some places. And I was like, hey, can I come in and just photograph the space and take some pictures of you and we'll keep it really short and sweet. I don't want to interrupt you and I'm going to wear a mask. And I'm going to stay away from you. We're not going to be like too close. Um, if you feel comfortable, I'd love to schedule something. And um, I I did like five at first just to see what it turned into. Mm-hmm. And the response was really amazing. It was, um, you know, people connected to it. It it brought our, I, I think from what I heard, it brought people together, um, especially the chefs who were feeling like they were all alone to hear other chefs' stories and to see them, it just made that um, the community feel a little bit more connected. 
No, it's so telling. And I'm glad you captured it because one day, maybe it'll be in a textbook somewhere, who knows? But, you know, for me, <laughs> seeing those chairs, that's maybe like one of the first images that I saw of yours during the pandemic that I was like, yep, that's totally the stack of chairs. It's so lonely. It's so desolate. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it really moves yeah. you. It was, it, it was really touching, but it, what it did for me too was it was also very inspiring to see um, how chefs were pivoting. Mm-hmm. I tried to capture, you know, as takeout became more of a thing, um, I tried to capture that element of the restaurant too, because these are places that never did takeout before. They never right. considered doing takeout before. And now they're moving in that direction and... Um, so I, you know, I'd photograph like takeout boxes and the takeout bags and, um, you know, the tickets that they were getting for those orders and just stuff that they were never dealing with before. But, um, and I know they were working their butts off. You know, these chefs were, I say that they were working double the amount as before just to stay alive, just to, just to keep the restaurant surviving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was inspiring. It really was. And I, I, I tried to also, when I was going to shoot, share the stories I was experiencing with other restaurants and saying like, you're not alone here. Like other places are dealing with the same things. Um, but to your point, I didn't have a goal with where it would go. I knew it would live on my website, on my photography portfolio, but I just figured no matter what, it was a documentation. If it goes anywhere, great. Um, and it has gone some places. I've actually, I've donated the photos to a few other projects that have wanted to tell either the stories of the chefs that I photographed, either magazine articles, um, or there's a group, Mass, Mass Restaurants United, which is all about like independent restaurants. And I, um, they need to redo their website. So I gave them photos to include on there. Um, so good. You know, I, I want to make sure that, they're being used in a, in a positive way, no matter, you know, where they are. So that's, I'm glad you did that. That was so good of you, Brian. And a great idea. (laughs) Um, Well, as, as things get better and hopefully people can make it out to Boston, what are some Boston eats that maybe people should really Oh my gosh. I know this is going to be so hard. It's like Uh, thinking a baby. And it's, and it's especially (laughs) hard now. I think if you had asked me this question a year ago, I would have, um, or maybe a year and a month ago, right. I would have just given my like, you know, two like must have, you know, must go to places. But now as I've just like, I've grown to appreciate so much of our restaurant scene here and what places can offer in a way that I didn't appreciate before. Um, you know, even I, I don't want to say dive beer places, but yeah, let's say dive beer. You know, these mm-hmm. are places that would probably call themselves dive bars in the most positive scrappier way. restaurants. <laughs> scrappier restaurants. They're just doing magical things. They're providing for their communities. Um, I'm sorry, I'm rambling on and up. I will give you some places. Um, it's okay. <laughs> I think you know, I I am very much drawn to less of a cuisine. Like I could name sushi places that I absolutely love. I could name Italian restaurants that I absolutely love, but the places that I'm most drawn to, and I will go back time and time again, are places that are not, not, I don't want to say stuck, but not set in one cuisine, but are more focused on the ingredients and just doing amazing stuff with those ingredients. 
Um, there is a fantastic small restaurant called Field and Vine that's in uh, Somerville. And it's just a small, beautiful, like lots of like floral and wood elements throughout, um, open kitchen, a lot of things over just like an open flame. Um, and everything is just delicious. Everything they make is uh, just bright and has like lots of textures and herbs and it's it's wonderful and the people the owners are wonderful and the wine is wonderful and uh, we did take out from there and I wasn't expecting to love the food as much at home and I was just like blown away by the food it's hard Um, to be blown away by takeout (laughs) it is but I will say restaurants have done an amazing job I really give them a lot of credit I have not had like a bad experience with takeout and maybe that's the places that we're taking out from Um, but (laughs) we've done a lot of take I think we've done a lot of takeout at over the year and um everything has been pretty pretty solid um I think so just a few other places Sarma which is a very well-known place also in Somerville um she's a multiple James Beard nominee and uh it's a shame she has not won the awards because it, the food is fantastic. I tell everyone to go there. So Sarma is wonderful. Um, Pammy's in Cambridge, which is Italian is excellent. Um, Pagu in Cambridge is uh, Japanese fusion. Um, some sp- It's like Japanese tapas. It's, it's Spanish mm-hmm. inspired also. And cool. um, Tracy, Tracy Chang, who's the owner and chef is just wonderfully talented. So those are a few of them. Well, I sorry to, to everyone that. else in the <laughs> restaurant world. I could name so many more. I'm I'm actually working right now on a list of restaurants and places I want to dine at after I'm fully vaccinated. Oh, um, yeah. Where I I had not done that because I was so down about the whole thing. <laughs> I was like I couldn't bring myself to do it. <laughs> but now that there's some light at the end, I'm ready to like start to plan a little bit and like. I know that when I can go, my brain is just going to forget about where I wanted to go. So I made Better a list. Write it down. No, Better be write it down. Be prepared. <laughs> so everyone should do that. I, I recommend that for everyone. I love it. I'm going to start one. You're yeah. right. There are, too, there are too many. Um, so do you have any other upcoming projects that you want to tell us about? Oh, my goodness. Um so the photography, I guess I didn't talk too much about my progression from the blog to photography, but a little <laughs> bit, uh, it's sort of a loaded thing, but it was, um, I've been doing it for about 11 years now, full time, I guess it's been, you know, a while, I guess, yeah, 10 or 11 years. It's been a wonderful experience and I do work with a lot of restaurants. So right now, a lot of my projects are just actually restaurants reaching back out and being like, we need pictures now, right, you know, we're yeah. open again and they're so excited and they have money again. Yes, <laughs> like everyone's like just enthusiastic about getting things going. Um, but I'm also photographing a cookbook right now for a client, a, a Canadian publisher. So I'm working mm. on a it's a baking um, book. Um, I don't know how much more I can share about it, but I am <laughs> with COVID and with everything. I'm actually styling. I'm making styling and photographing all the recipes for the book. Oh boy, so, big project. It was a big project. It is a big project. It's still going on. It's um, but I will say that I um am a much more confident baker than I was uh before the pandemic because 
I, I've, I've always been scared of it. I'm not very scientific with my cooking. I, I like to taste, I like to, you know, throw things in and get creative and baking is such a science that it's always scared me. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the pandemic, I've taken the opportunity to, um, to really educate myself. I weigh all my ingredients now. Like a, I do that now too. I'm like, what a game changer. <laughs> what a game changer. First of all, it cuts down on the amount of bowls you're using and the amount yes. of like tools you're using and cleaning. That's a easy one. It's also just more accurate. I am right. just such a huge fan of measuring <laughs> ingredients. Yeah, I it's laugh. So it's so silly. It took so long for me. Yeah. So I know how, I know the <laughs> feeling. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, I, I'm just, I, I am, my mom's like just blown away. She's like, look at you, like doing all these things. I've been baking a lot of bagels recently. You may have seen some posts on social media, uh-huh. but, um, I've been, uh, I've been making Cameron who has sophisticated gourmet, another wonderful, um, old OG blogger, I guess we can say. Um, and he has a great New York style bagel recipe that I've been making like almost every week. Uh, oh, wow. so feeling like a confident <laughs> bagel baker at this point. Um, so I'm sorry, I, I digressed, but, um, yeah, I've got <laughs> the cookbook project that's keeping me busy. I've got the restaurant stuff that's keeping me busy now. And, um, I work for the food lens. I'm the director of photography for this, uh, online digital publication in Boston that, um, just came and, out with the cook. Yeah. I just saw week. the ebook. Yeah. It's an ebook and we, um, you know, a lot of the pictures are actually from older shoots that we had done because the website's been around for a few years now. So we try to utilize as many pictures. Given COVID, it was very hard to go into restaurants to photograph stuff. So we were trying to avoid that. Um, but there were a number of dishes that I needed to go to a restaurant and, and work with a chef to capture. Um, and the book's really beautiful. It's it's An ebook is so much work, though. I didn't really... Yeah. I, I helped... I helped design it, but I was not involved with the writing or the editing or even the the most of the design work. But people who think writing an ebook or creating one is easy, it is Mm-mm. not. Um, we had a team of, I think there were probably like seven or eight people working on this thing. It still took like four or five months to work. To do. Oh, that's crazy. So. Yeah. Writing a book of any shape or form is a ton of work. Yeah. Ebook or not. If, People give them, I get, people need to be given more credit for all of it. Um, I think I even thought that an ebook was an easy thing before this process. And (laughs) now I'm realizing that is not the case. Um, So that's out in the world as of yesterday. So people can go to the uh, foodlens.com for info on that. Awesome. Um, Yeah. Okay. So we're getting close to the end, but I have just some quick, quick questions for you. Go for it. Okay. So what's something that you like to cook when you're just too tired to cook? What's your emergency mm. go-to meal? Oh boy. Uh, go-to meal. Um, any kind of like stir fry, um, something mm-hmm. where I can just like do, uh, take out the wok and put some rice in the rice maker and, um, big into tofu, you know, I will throw a bunch of veggies in a pan Whatever's um, in the fridge. <laughs> put some kimchi put some kimchi on yes. top of that. Yeah. Anything that's in the fridge, especially like old vegetables that are yeah. like, you know, I just need to like cook the heck out of them. I will right. uh, 
I will do that and then put either like an egg on top or kimchi on top. And that's, that's dinner. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. Just clean the, clean the fridge out and you got like a fried rice or. Stir fries. Yeah. Fried rice is a great, yes. Fried rice. Easy. (laughs) So what's one recipe that you treasure the most? Oh boy. Ah, Treasure the most. Um, you know, it's such a weird, <laughs> I think it's a little weird to say, but no, it's a soup recipe and I actually made it yesterday. Um, it's so comforting, but it's a wild rice and mushroom soup. Yeah. It's super I'm all easy. About soup, Ryan. <laughs> soup is my thing. I always Me say too. I open up a restaurant, I would open up a soup restaurant, which is the funniest, like, yeah. <laughs> Can we do this together? Only because... <laughs> My daughter yells at me all the time. She's like, mom, soup is so boring. I don't know how you love it so much. I'm like, I could eat soup every day. No, soup isn't boring. That's the best thing about soup is that no two soups are the same. You can do something totally different. Um, Okay, well, I'm going to your restaurant when when you you start. I'm not going to open this. this (laughs) If I do. Uh, You never know, Brian. Never say never. I know. know. Um, Are you a messy cook or are you a neat cook? Oh... I would say messy. Well, I think I keep things contained. I think (laughs) I keep things contained, but I'm not good about cleaning up um, quickly. Like it takes me a little while. There are days where I'm, I'm like on it and I'm like, wow, I just like, I made the dinner and I did the dishes and it's it's done. Um, But most of the time I leave the dishes and my husband takes care of everything. But I, I try and keep things contained. I try not to have it explode. But with the baking, that's hard. The baking oh, is gosh. the tough one. Yeah, flour yeah. everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Um, and what's a good like kitchen tip that you can share? Could be anything. Um, I love the... Okay. It's so funny that this came to me so quickly. But the microplane <laughs> is magical. And I use yeah. the microplane for so many things, especially with grating um, garlic. Uh, if I want to, if people would say minced garlic, I just mm-hmm. take the grater and I turn into a paste with a microplane. Don't be afraid of the, the microplane. Just don't get too close to it. But, um, yes. but go slow, go slow. You don't need to like get crazy with it. But microplane, you can do garlic, you can do cheese, you can do lemon zest, you can mm-hmm. do ginger. Um, ginger, yeah, ginger. Um, the other tip that I like to tell people is I learned from a chef about peeling ginger with a spoon, which I had no mm-hmm. idea before. I watched him do it that he just took like a, a normal like cereal spoon uh-huh. and started peeling with it as like that's how you peel ginger. I was using a knife, I was using um a vegetable peeler right. and you're never going to get the sections you want. Uh, yeah, so. and you like you waste less of the ginger that way cuz it just gets that thin peel off perfectly. Totally. Totally. Okay, so you know I love my five little things every Friday, and it's Friday. So what's oh, one yeah. what's one little thing that made you smile recently? Oh, uh, my husband getting the second dose of the vaccine. Yay! Is wonderful. If I can give another one, I guess just like real the realization that like most of my family has gotten the vaccine, and, and that's just like making me hopeful and excited. So. Oh. Sorry, maybe like, yeah. No, that's an awesome thing. That's (laughs) when I get mine, it'll definitely be on my five little things. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's great. Um, Yeah, I could, I could, I during the pandemic, I was spending a lot of time trying to curate some lists for people and put like 
music recommendation similar to your list but like mm-hmm. film television I saw, to read. Yeah. it died out after a few months but um it it is now for me sort of like a journal of the pandemic because I go back and I'm like what movie did I watch at that point like what resonated with me what was yeah. that podcast what was that podcast that really you know moved me um why did I cry that day <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of reasons why I cried that day so. I think, yeah, there were a lot of tears. So hopefully moving forward, we'll have more happy tears. Um, Absolutely. And I can't wait to see you again whenever that will be, Brian. Where can people yeah. find you online? Um, on, on Instagram, I'm, I'm always around. Uh, Brian Samuels Photography is my handle. Um, and uh, DM me. You know, I always love chatting with people and connecting with people about food and anything. Um, <laughs> film. I love movies. So yeah, you have, always, always have great recommendations. Like, Thanks. And then uh, my portfolio, my portfolio is briansamuelsphotography.com. And then my blog, if you want to look at some old recipes that I posted, um, is a thoughtforfood.net. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. I am so, so happy that you spent the time with me today. Oh my gosh, this was such a pleasure to see you and talk to you. Thank you. I'm so glad you were able to join us on this episode of Kitchen Confidant. Thank you again to Brian Samuels for sharing his journey with us and the importance of storytelling, both in word and in imagery. If you enjoy the show, please share it with a friend and join us again next time. Until then, happy cooking.